Blaine and Mickey, 104.5, The Zone, hour number two. Commando! No, Commander. Commanders. Oh, Hello, Commanders. Commanders. Washington Commanders. What? How did they, did they do a survey? Lucas, did, did you did they do some research? Did I don't do know. Due diligence. I guess it's in line with the Capitals, right? Oh. Do you guys know this? And Lucas, you're you're like a you're. This seems like the kind of thing you would know all about. There's a dude in Washington, and by the way, welcome into Blaine and Mickey. There was a dude in Washington, to Washington, who when everybody was buying up domain names, he bought like every name that the Redskins could change their name to. <laughs> Have you seen this? No. no There's like know. an accountant in Fairfax, Virginia, or somewhere who owns like redtails.com redwolves.com he, he owns all of them admirals he owns all of them and like the washington generals which that's the team that the globetrotters have drug around the world for 50 years and kicked the crap out of it wasn't night. it the aaf team with pj walker at quarterback were they they were, were they i think they were the generals. i heard you say this earlier today and i thought i need to look that up but it, it wasn't washington though no i thought it, i think it was washington were they the federals or the general is the general anyway federals washington commanders here's the thing Whatever they picked, most everybody wasn't going to like it. I mean, you and I were having this discussion. Why didn't you one, them do like a survey to their fans. Nah, I think they did some, but ultimately, I think they did what they had the rights to. It was the Guardians. I was wrong. It was the Washington the Guardians. Guardians. Okay. Guardians. Okay. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. saying Defenders in the, the chat. Oh, that oh it might have been, been the Defenders the too. But the Generals is that's the team, the Globetrotters. I mean, right? no, that's New Jersey Generals, the USFL now. New Jersey Generals. That's right, Herschel Walker. If it's good enough for Herschel and Maurice Carthen. Man, you, are you guys good with that? I mean, you, Washington Commanders Commander. after two seasons as Washington football team. I kind of liked Washington. I don't know why. I kind of like Washington. You're a soccer I, person. I, that's I got why. used to it, too, though. I did, too. I thought it was different. It was unique. I'm like, okay. I, I, first, I laughed at it. And then as time went on, I was going, oh, okay. Yeah, I think I liked it because they stood out. Yeah. There's nobody, no other NFL team. But in the beginning, it was laughable. But then, as time when I got used to it, what were they? Two years? They two years. years. Yeah, yeah, I'm used to it now. Just they should. Oh man, guess I get used to. I messed that up. I was probably still say Reds. Well, my biggest problem <laughs> of all of it, I still say that too. My biggest problem of all of it is they're the first team to publicly have two helmets because they put it in all this stuff, and they have a black uniform with a black helmet. I'm sorry. I know everybody wants black in their color scheme now. They have that maroon and gold. Yeah. Very unique color yeah, scheme. Well, I like that. Nobody else has it. Oh, so you're going to have an all-black uniform set? Come on, man. I mean, even just a generic, regular, goofy name like Commanders, we were all going to hate whatever name they picked. No matter what it was, people were going to universally hate it, like New Jerseys and the Preds, winter jerseys for the game outdoors, and everybody hates everything. And then eventually you're like, nah, okay, I, I don't even hate it. It's just a generic name. Like any team in college, they had to change their mascot because, like, we were the Arkansas State Indians. So it's like every college was told you have all these things that the NCAA will penalize you with if you have a Native American nickname that's not signed on by a specific tribe, like the Florida State Seminoles or the Utah Utes or whatever it was. So everybody had to pick another mascot. So we picked Red Wolves because they're indigenous to Northeast Arkansas. I actually thought that was good. Yeah. But a bunch of people picked, like, you know, Warbirds or <laughs> fighting ding-dongs or whatever. I think Red Wolves was actually a candidate. Red Wolves, it for, was, for Washington. but we own that. So uh, yeah. I guess they didn't want to pay those royalties. Yeah. I was yeah. in yeah, favor. They, they, was that, what baseball team had to pay royalties because they, they finally got rid of the, the uh, Cle Cleveland, right? 
Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, because they picked the name of a roller derby team. They end up paying them, man. Hey, you know, somebody's on the chat, man, talking about this salmon jumpsuit joke, Lucas. What are you talking about? What is that? Oh, Jay Robin, his interview with Buck today, took a parting shot at Buck's jumpsuit at the end of the interview. Oh, he, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He had on a jumpsuit? Yeah, you know that picture. At practice, he had on a salmon-colored jumpsuit with a hood standing in the rain, Buck. You so that picture, picture has gone around the, the Nashville sports world. Oh, so he's interviewing the general manager of the Titans, and he asked him, where should I go in Mobile? Because Buck is the one of us who's down in Mobile. And so he said, you should go to Winslow's, which is where I told him to go to. And he goes, but you, told him he said, that. but you can't wear a salmon jumpsuit in there. He just... He just went off oh, the top well, rope. Oh, he just destroyed oh, okay. Buck in his interview. Oh, okay. I'm going to check just, that out. It's not everywhere. He had no regard for Buck's life. He just destroyed him. I'm going to send it to you, Blaine. I, I'm very surprised you haven't seen this yet. Yeah, it's, it, it made yeah. the round. Somebody, Pr- Prometheus MT, said he looked like the Unabomber. <laughs> Donald Page took the photo, the Titans official photographer. So it's a, a good job. photo. It's a you can see photo. the raindrops all around him. Okay. Shots fired, he said. Mm, so, but you, Peep says the name is terrible. Talking about the- I do, I do like the jerseys though because of their colors. But I don't know back the, you know, the black is okay. I'm- the name makes me think of Sopranos. I don't know if y'all have seen that. show. It's just a dumb Sopranos. generic name. When but they go to Italy, Comendatori. It's just a dumb generic mascot name. But you need oh, Washington football. You need somebody with a giant mascot head like T. Rack or Nash doing zany stuff, and the WTF or WFT or whatever. There's nothing that could be a zany mascot to identify with children and have them join a kids club and, you know, pay $36 a year. You got to have a mascot. So the commanders. Commanders. I'll get used to it because you had no choice. I was just football team. I kind of. Kind of stuck with me. I'm all right. I was just prepared for it to be as bad as it is. But again, I'd been I'd read years ago about this guy who bought all of the domain names of any name he thought that they could become. Well, that used to be a big thing. People would do these, what was it like, domain farming or whatever, where you would just go to GoDaddy.com and just register all these domain names for things that you thought might be a thing. And then it's like, oh, you'd like Washington presidents. Well, I just happened to own that. So uh, how does a million dollars a year grab you to use it? Web squatting, yuppie mullets. Thank you. See, this is like real-time interaction here on the screen. Web squatting. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of that? Web, no. Have you ever squatted on the web, Lucas? Anything? Squats? I'm not no? familiar. Well, no. you did a lot of squats as a football player, but no web squatting? Mm, trying to figure out, like, uh, no, just squatting. But see, like, that would be like somebody who said, I'm going to buy hitman23.com so Blaine would have to buy that from me if he wanted his own website. Web squatting. Mm -hmm. People made money doing that. Mm. Well, they couldn't get mine. I own mine. See? (laughs) Ha-ha, web squatters. Eat it. (laughs) Web squatting. Uh, Mike Dettelier was on with us earlier. We talked a whole bunch of draft prospects. You would want to catch that later uh, in the the podcast podcast. Uh, section of wherever you find all your favorite podcasts you want to hear that also we opened the show today talked a whole lot because i know this is a thing that you guys are talking about we talked a whole lot about brian flores gave our thoughts on that and kind of where it is now and what's going on with that so you can certainly hear those thoughts we know that's uh something that a lot of people are talking about and uh he's got a he's suing the nfl and, and three teams the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Giants, alleging discrimination uh, regarding his interview processes with Denver and New York, and his firing by Miami. And suppose he was offered a hundred grand a game to t- to tank games by the owner of the Dolphins, and 
He got invited to the yacht of the owner of the Dolphins to meet with a quarterback who was still under contract somewhere else. And we had a lot of discussion. Mm. And, and ultimately, we don't know what's going to happen. The NFL issued a real terse statement uh, about, you know, we're going to fight this with every fiber of our being. There were a lot of things that we discussed with this. But the one angle that we didn't hit much, and I know we're up against the break, is this. And, and you brought it out at the very end. This tanking and a hundred thousand yeah, dollars, the owner, and trying to get you to tamper with the quarterback and some of these other things. I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, this this is the kind of thing y- you may have some different ownership of the team. Yeah, because here's why: because if they're saying integrity with deflating footballs, this is way past that for me. Uh, so I, I think that's the only one that really I think could get some legs here, kind of force uh maybe the nfl's hand at certain things but you know your hiring practices are what they are you you can't tell owners and we're talking about billionaires uh who they want to hire I'm, I'm just not a big proponent of that i just got to put myself uh not in the billionaire shoes but if i own my own company can't tell me who to hire just you know as much as uh probably uh as we all know flores is is probably right he's gonna have to have some serious uh proof uh that that happened so besides just some practices when you came to an interview and people weren't serious or they were hungover or whatever he's saying, that that's not that's not going to be enough in the court of law for me to to really uh, <laughs> make somebody pony up. So I, I'm about to see where this goes. And I don't even think he's doing it for money. I think he's doing it for principle. Yeah. I think this is what this is all about, who he is, at Brian Flores. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but uh, I really think the gambling part of it, or you know, not gambling, I guess, but you know, giving someone a hundred grand to, you know, if you lose the game to help you get a better draft slot, uh, that is something I think the league is really going to dive into, and they could, they could force force Mr. Ross there out of there if, yep. if it is true and prove it. And I think it's in his contract. I just don't know the wording of how it's presented to him, but it's in his contract. Like he gave him a, a piece of paper for that. Yeah, if you're a Dolphins fan, you might have that. Like we were saying, you you may see some change out of that because we all know teams tank, but you just can't be that blatantly obvious about it. You right. know, I mean, right. you exactly. just you have to just handle it like a business that is allowing itself to underperform to give itself a chance right. to draft better talent yeah. to overperform again. Hey, no, here's what I would do: I'd be like, wink, wink, not, not. Hey, we're going to try to see some of those younger players that are backing up because we're going to the new year. Right? So when, when are you thinking you're going to do that? Like week three would be good for us. Yeah, yeah. And if he asked you, what, what week I, uh, week two. Yeah, like now. Or one. Now. Yeah, or, go or, ahead. Or, or start ne- the season. Next game. Sure. Today. Yeah. yeah. Practice. Mm-hmm. Put them. Give starter reps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I did a scouting report on uh, myself as an owner. You know, even though I'm in a whole other industry. On uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Herbert. Herbert. I saw he had a big arm, man. <sighs> we, we like Herbert. <laughs> Don't you like Herbert? <laughs> so it, then it becomes what I said, what you said, right? Well, okay. Then I don't, I can't recall. No, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah, man. But if that's in writing, uh oh, uh oh, integrity, really. All right, uh, Jordan DeJani, he's got integrity and NFL knowledge, and he's a CBS Sports, and he's going to join us next. So we'll continue this NFL discussion, get more into all of this stuff next on Blaine and Me. We got raw hot dogs. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Nice, wet. 
Wednesday for you out there. Make it a little ice coming up, so uh, be be mindful of all oh, that. My. Sixty yeah. degrees yesterday. Yeah, oh, I, I enjoyed ice. the heck out of that. Oh man, I thought I was. Uh, you man, warned us, Mickey. I did. I did warn you yesterday that it was about to suck. So yeah. enjoy all of yesterday. And I didn't want to believe you. I don't. I don't, don't want to believe it. I, don't, I mean, I didn't want it to happen. And it it only sucks if you let it suck. So just if you like rain, if you're a duck, this is a fantastic day. Quack. <laughs> Man. Uh, Jordan DeJani joins us our weekly visit with our buddy from CBS Sports. Jordan, how in the world are you doing today? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I'm doing well. Very busy, as you would imagine. What a crazy week. Uh, I was telling Lucas I thought that I was going to spend this week focusing on Super Bowl prep, but I've done everything but that. Uh, the, the wheels of the NFL are always spinning. It's amazing because obviously we've got to talk about Tom Brady retiring, but the story that happened today that literally has people not talking about, you know, the winningest, arguably the greatest player in NFL history retiring is this lawsuit with Brian, Brian Flores and uh, not just the, you know, alleged uh, practices, hiring practices of NFL teams, but tanking and $100,000 for tanking and quarterback tampering on a yacht. And this is like an episode of Ballers come to life. Yeah, it, it really is. And I don't even know where you guys want to start with this. I mean, Brian Flores is basically saying that he's been through a couple of these sham interviews where he was basically just the easiest black man or minority to interview, um, you know, just so you could check off your Rooney rule box. And it's going to be on him and his legal counsel to prove that if this whole thing goes to court or whatnot. We obviously saw the statements from that all the teams that were mentioned in the lawsuit with the Denver Broncos, Miami Dolphins, New York Giants. And then, of course, the NFL released a statement as well that was heavily worded, I would say. Uh, it, was a, it was a statement that not a lot of people expected. But at the same time, if, if you're accused of you know, what's basically racism to a degree, uh, you're going to come out and vehemently deny that. So mm-hmm. this is a really crazy story. And kind of, kind of tying it back to Tom Brady, which I thought was interesting, was – According to Ian Rappaport, uh, the notable quarterback that the Dolphins wanted to tamper with was, in fact, Tom Brady. So I thought that was a pretty wild development. Looks like Brian Flores uh, chose to have some integrity and stick with Tua instead of going after Tom Brady. So do you think, I mean, he's Brian Flores sent uh, uh, correspondence to the Texans and to the Saints and said, here's what I'm doing, but I still hope to coach football. Uh, there was a report he interviewed Tuesday at the Senior Bowl with the Saints, who you know had their surprise vacancy, and that he's still in play for Texans. We were discussing this earlier. Do you do you believe that he could get another head coaching job after this? So it's complicated. If you ask anybody, their answer is going to be no. You know, he's basically putting his career on the line here, and and most teams, or basically every team, is going to wait to see how this whole thing transpires with the NFL at large. Um, Adam Schefter said something kind of interesting on TV today saying that, you know, maybe a good way to heal these wounds is for one of these teams to, to hire Brian Flores. He's obviously a guy who's not afraid to speak his mind. Uh, he's a proven head coach. His last two seasons with the Dolphins, he ended on winning. Yeah, he had a winning record on both those years. Um, but at the same time, what's interesting, and, and CBS Sports NFL insider Jonathan Jones brought this to my attention, is that all 32 NFL teams are basically potential defendants in this class action lawsuit. So we don't know if there's going to be teams other than the Giants, uh, the Dolphins, and the Broncos that are going to have to, you know, step up and try to defend themselves, depending on who else joins this class action lawsuit. So that's why I think it's very unlikely that Brian Flores is is going to get one of these remaining jobs. Uh, In terms of the future and down the line, if you'll be a head coach again, 
I'm not ready to close the book on yet, but I know a lot of people that say that it's going to be basically impossible. But that really kind of depends on how this whole thing shakes out. Man, talk about taking a stand. Uh, Jordan DeJani joins us uh, same time every week right here on Blaine and Mickey from CBS Sports talking NFL. Mm, well, let's talk about something normal. The Washington football team name is Commanders, right? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, uh, Mr. Snyder? I mean, uh, Jordan DeJani. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit sad because the Washington NFL franchise was like the biggest thing on my dad's side of the family. So, you know, I grew up somewhat of a fan of them. It was something we always talked about every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. That was the, the real thing about sports that brought us together. And even when they retired the Redskins moniker and went by Washington football team, I could jive with that. I was yeah. cool with that. The uniforms weren't incredibly different. But today felt even more momentous and different than the day they retired the Redskins moniker. You know, they're, they're officially adopting a new name of commanders. The uniforms are very different. They're truly entering a new era. So that makes me just a little bit sad for the things of the past. But as the front office mentioned, they, they obviously don't want to forget their past. They're Super Bowl champions. They're, they're franchise legends. Um, the uniforms, I could, I, could, I could be okay with them. They kind of remind me of Arizona State just a little bit. But – in terms of the team name, uh, I can't say I'm in love with it. You know, if I'm an expansion team or I'm a team that's going to be changing my name, I'm kind of shooting for the moon here. I'm getting aggressive. I'm not going commanders or generals or admirals or terms that we've all heard before. I'm still, I'm going the route of, like, the Seattle Kraken, right? Mm, the yeah. Golden Knight. You know, something sexy to, to get a fan base that has been asleep for so long back up on their feet. Uh, so in, that, in terms of that, I think it was kind of a missed opportunity, but – you know, we'll see. Today was a little bit sad for me just because my, my family's such big fans of this franchise and it really seems like they're changing a lot. Maybe it's for the better, sure, but uh, Commanders, I, I don't think that'd be my first choice. <laughs> On to more football news, and that is NFL football news with Jordan DeJenny, NFL writer for CBS Sports, and that is, is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay? Yeah, it's a good question, and, you know, it's something I feel like we've talked a lot about on your show, and, you know, I, I remember going on the radio with you guys last year saying that, no, Aaron Rodgers was not going to leave Green Bay. Thankfully, I was correct about that, um, and I've always maintained that he was going to stick around in Green Bay. Now, of course, I mentioned the loss they had to the 49ers could be something that affects the mindset of Aaron Rodgers moving forward. So could Nathaniel Hackett uh, signing on with the Denver Broncos. That could be something that's enticing when it leads up to a potential change of scenery. But you know what? I think I'm sticking to my guns. Uh, you know, I've seen reports saying that Aaron Rodgers has had a lot of beneficial discussions with the Packers front office, not only all regular season, but in the past couple of weeks as well, because he wants to be a true pillar when it comes to establishing and, and setting the road forth of what this Packers franchise is going to look like, not only in 2022, but also down the road in the future when it comes to personnel decisions and just other things that it comes to the job of the front office. So it seems like the Packers are doing a lot to try to keep Aaron Rodgers into the fold. And right now I feel like he will be playing for the Green Bay Packers in 2022. Well, one quarterback to another quarterback, former quarterback, and give me the odds on You think Harbaugh is actually going to uh, be the head coach of the Vikings? As of now, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I do mm. believe that's coming to fruition. And by the way, I kind of want to bring this up. We talked about the Brian Flores lawsuit that, you know, he headed into the New York Giants interview already knowing, mistakenly, that Brian Dable was the favorite. We kind of saw something similar to this last night, in my opinion. I mean, we saw a report from that on three sports saying that Harbaugh to the Vikings was basically a done deal, that they're, yeah. they're officially
initial interview was just a, a formality, if you will. Well, that's interesting because they wrapped up something like a, a six or nine hour interview with Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, who is black, by the way. They wrapped that up last night. So it's kind of similar with almost with what the New York Giants were doing with Brian Dable, that there might be a favorite in the clubhouse. But of course, that deal has not come to fruition yet. Um, but at the same time, I do believe that Harbaugh wants to come back to the NFL. I think the Vikings have been the most active team when it comes to talking with him, especially in the past couple of weeks. So it seems like a match might be there. Mm. I have to ask you this, though, on, on TB12, and that is him coming out with the retirement announcement. Was that because he wanted to announce it, or did he want to wait to make sure he got his $15 million little bonus there? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I think that might be something she could answer as opposed to me because I didn't talk to him about that, but I think that's a, <laughs> probably a good theory there. But, man, you know, it's interesting. After Schefter kind of scooped him on his own personal yep. decision, I really did wonder when was his decision going to come down the line. And I never really predicted that it was going to be on a Monday, the weekend after he was scooped. I thought he would he would wait another month or at least a few more weeks, whatever it may be. Um, but I think this just shows you that his mind is made up. And this is what we talked about last week on your show, is that he all of a sudden had this change in, in attitude, this change of heart, if you will, um, where he all of a sudden was considering retirement. And I feel like that's not something we saw Tom Brady ever do. And that's why I was so convinced that he was going to hang up the cleats. So I'm very interested to hear, you know, just in the coming weeks, the coming months, maybe the coming years, whatever it may be, what really led to this decision. Because Tom Brady always seemed like that guy that was going to play for forever. And two years into his career with the Buccaneers, you know, he's officially retired. Mm. We're with uh, Jordan DeJani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Jordan, you think anybody ever wins seven Super Bowls again? You think that's possible? Maybe a guy who plays with a lot of different good teams. But in terms of being a quarterback leading a team to victory seven times, uh, no. I'm going to go on record and say I don't think that happens. That's one of the reasons Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. In terms of who he was as a leader, you know, how he lived, slept, breathed football, how he's always trying to better himself, how he always stepped up in those clutch moments. That's how he's going to be remembered, and the records are going to prove that. So Tom Brady's the GOAT for a reason, and I feel like we're going to be talking about that for a long time to come. I, we'll have plenty of time to talk draft stuff, but I'm curious about this. John Robinson was on the Buck Rising earlier today, and he spoke to Jim Wyatt, and that was published yesterday by the Titans website. And, and he's backed Ryan Tannehill in these couple of opportunities that he's had to speak publicly, one you know via website and the other on the radio on this station with Buck uh, earlier today. Let's say that they have pick 26, which they do, and let's say they have a really high grade on Malik Willis because he's a guy that people think he might be there at 26. And he's, uh, you know, he's having, by all accounts, a pretty good week at the Senior Bowl, and people are really liking him. He's a charismatic guy. I reached out to somebody that I know, and he said he's the type of leader that would give you the shirt off his back. Guys would run through a brick wall for him. You get to 26, and he's available, and you have a you have a first-round grade like this is a starting quarterback for this franchise should they pull the trigger on him or another quarterback who might be there i just use his name yes yes absolutely i think so um and the x factor when it comes to that question is if the titans are as sold on him as you said they were if they are you know that would be a really good fit uh, i think that you know I, th I believe him when he talks about being sold on ryan Tannehill. Uh, i wonder what his comments would be like if the titans were able to move on him without any kind of 
financial repercussions or whatever it might be, or if Aaron Rodgers wanted to come to Tennessee or whatnot, I wonder what that conversation would be like. But in terms of the draft and moving forward, I'm interested to see how the quarterbacks shake out. But, yes, if there's a guy at the end of the first round when the Titans are selecting that they are very high on, uh, they absolutely should pull the trigger. And, again, this is this is a way better spot to be in than being like the 49ers and giving up three first-round picks to move up for your guy who's not going to start immediately. This is a situation where you can kind of sit back and pick at your own selection and take a quarterback of the future because Ryan Tannehill is not 25 years old anymore. So anytime you can grab a quarterback without trading up that you're very high on, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, You mentioned the 49ers. After all that with Jimmy G, they made the final four essentially, and now they have a tradable asset in Jimmy G wherever because it seems like a foregone conclusion he's going somewhere else, but they'll make a little bit of draft capital back off that rascal. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. I think that's the key word. And, you know, I think it's one of the more interesting, underrated storylines of this offseason because I do think that the 49ers are working with Jimmy G to find him uh, somewhat a somewhat desirable landing spot. But I'm curious to see how the quarterback carousel is going to shake out because I wouldn't imagine that he's one of the most desirable uh, trade assets on the open market. There might even be a couple free agents that teams are more willing to give money to to start immediately, such as maybe like a Jameis Winston. Now, I understand Jimmy Garoppolo has taken the 49ers to the promised land a couple of times, or come close at least, but at the same time, it, it, it at times felt like the 49ers were winning despite Jimmy Garoppolo. When he was playing his best ball, he was being an effective game manager taking care of the ball. When you're looking for a quarterback in free agency or a trade asset, you're looking for a guy that can objectively take you to the next level. How many teams believe Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy? And I think that's why it's going to be a very interesting storyline to follow in the coming months. Absolutely. Jordan Dejani, our guest from CBS Sports on Blaine and Mickey talking NFL. Well, Jordan, if everything was even, that means no cap issue or anything else, kind of compare so far Tannehill's career to Garoppolo, Jimmy G. And I know uh, Tannehill's been a little bit longer, but – where do you put them in the pecking order as far as their play and their talent and attributes uh, that they bring to the table? Yeah, that's actually a question I've been asked a good amount over the past couple of weeks on different shows. And mm. I've got to be real with you. I would take Ryan Tannehill over Jimmy Garoppolo without thinking twice. Yes, Ryan Tannehill has had a couple of games where it feels like he's mm-hmm. been the reason the Titans have lost. But he's had a couple of other games where people watching, people watching the game live and going back and watching the film look at him as a legitimate top 10 quarterback. Now, consistency has definitely been the main issue there, but I just think he's more talented and he has more experience than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I would take Ryan Tannehill in that argument. Where it gets fascinating is, you know, comparing the careers. Ryan Tannehill hasn't been to the Super Bowl like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the best winning percentages of any quarterback in the playoffs over the past decade or whatever it might be. Um, But that's obviously been a byproduct of how good his team and coaching staff has been. Now, nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that he's been an effective leader. I think that he's been able to shoulder a load of negative energy over this past year, and that's got to be tough on any kind of quarterback. When it comes to Jimmy G versus Ryan Tannehill, I feel like I've seen more out of Ryan Tannehill over the past couple of seasons that make me comfortable with him. Now, I understand there's always going to be conversations about upgrading the quarterback, especially after the loss we just witnessed against the Cincinnati Bengals a couple Saturdays ago. But if you're making me choose between one or the other, I got to ride with Ryan Tannehill. Mm, good, good to hear. We're on with Jordan Jajani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. And I guess one more for me, and that is, uh, I guess, give your observation on the Josh McDaniels to the Las Vegas Raiders. 
<laughs> and what they're going to do with Carr in the meantime? I think he has one more year on his deal. Yeah, yeah. Good good question. So uh, starting off with Carr, I think they're going to ride forward with Carr. It's kind of interesting because after this year, you know, every offseason, there's always speculation around the Raiders and their quarterback position, what they're going to do with Carr. But watching him this year, I was pretty impressed. And I thought the Raiders were a pretty desirable job. And I was going to move forward with Carr as my signal caller, try to inject some kind of offensive energy into the system and see if you can get him to reach that next level. Um, So I think he's going to roll forward with Carr. But, you know, as for McDaniels, I almost look at him as like a coaching prospect who might be boom or bust. I mean, Mm. we saw him flame out with the Denver Broncos with cheating allegations. It's never good to hear. Goes back to the Patriots for a while as well. He's always been a guy that's been a hot name, per se, on the coaching carousel. And we have the whole Colts debacle, right, where he accepted the job and then turned it down. That's why it's kind of hard to trust him just in terms of, him being a leader, but at the same time, this has been one of the most successful assistants offensively we've seen over the past few years, and that's why he's always been a hot commodity on the coaching carousel, and now I think he's ready to take his legitimate shot, and as I told you guys earlier this offseason, I looked at the Raiders as one of the most desirable jobs on this market because it comes with Sin City, it comes with Las Vegas, it comes with that opportunity to be the lead man of the NFL, which is still very young and one of the most entertaining cities in America. That's an enticing job, in my opinion. And after all the stuff that McDaniels has been through, this could be the real opportunity where he shines. But at the same time, like I mentioned, I don't know if he's necessarily the most trustworthy coach. I'm going to say that about any candidate who agrees to a job and then backs out. So, you know, I think it's kind of a boomer bust situation there. Obviously a very tough division, but I'm excited to kind of see what he can do. Jordan, we're always excited to see what you can do. Uh, we love having you on every Wednesday, man. Great stuff. People can follow you at Jordan DeJani or uh, CBSSports.com for all your latest stuff there. Thank you, sir. Mm, appreciate it. Thank week. you, guys. Yes, sir. Jordan DeJani, uh, always. You can just write this time down. You can always catch him with the latest NFL headlines. When we come back, what did Mike Vrabel say about Ryan Tannehill? He's spoken to the Titans website. He's spoken to Buck Rising. What did he say about his quarterback? We got that for you next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So, Titan season's been over for a few days now. Got the Pro Bowl coming up. and Got the Senior Bowl and the Super Bowl and all the final bowls. And Meanwhile, John <laughs> Robinson has been uh, – he did an interview with Jimmy White, and he got – there was no audio. Maybe they'll podcast it at some point. But it was Jim White asking him questions and, and putting his answers down. Then he was on Buck Rising today. Uh, from Mobile, they're hanging out down there in the land of oysters. Uh, this this dropped basically right as we left yesterday, as the Titans have a habit of doing. It's like nothing can come down at you know two forty five, has to come down at two fifty eight. So this happens right as we're leaving yesterday. Long article. We can get into this some more tomorrow, but we wanted to hit the Ryan Tannehill stuff because this has come up a couple of times today. This is what John Robinson said about Ryan Tannehill yesterday on the Titans' own website. I think yeah, Ryan's our quarterback. Um, you know, I think he's he's made a lot of plays for us. Um, he's a great leader. He's extremely tough. Um, I was going to get to that. He's thrown some really good passes. I mean, he certainly had some he, that he'd probably have liked to have back. 
um, no different than any other position. There's guys that would probably like to have this block or that block back or this pass rush or that push, pass rush back, this route back. You know, it, it's, that's, that's what makes football so um, special uh, to me is that it's a team sport. And there's a lot of factors that go into um, the production level um, of the offense, defense, and the kicking game. And uh, love what Ryan brings to our football team. Love what he stands for. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to him getting back in there and, and getting back on track and, and keeping this thing rolling. So that was actually John Robinson earlier today in Mobile talking uh, to Buck Rising uh, about the Titans quarterback, who they seem firmly and squarely behind. And uh, this is what he said yesterday. This was published on the Titans website. I think Ryan is a leader. Some of the same stuff. I think Ryan is a leader. I think Ryan is tough. I think Ryan has made a lot of great plays for us. He is our quarterback. I don't know that there is a quarterback who stands in the pocket and looks down the barrel of a blitz and throws the ball as good as he does. I know he works extremely hard. He loves his teammates. He's competitive. He's played a lot of good football. And then he finishes to have a micro evaluation over one game is not fair to any player. I think you have to look at the scope of the body of work and what he has done for this football team since he's been here. Mm, so, like something I've been saying. <laughs> look at the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, guys are going to have good games, especially quarterback. Uh, you're just hoping uh, that it's not in the playoffs. So we got to, you know, get over that hurdle. When, as much as they have invested in them, it just, I don't see it any other way. So, uh, but you never know. There's rumors that, you know, Big time quarterbacks are moving here and building houses and everything else. Uh, this, uh, you know, Green Bay Packers quarterback, but that doesn't mean he's going to play for the Titans. So, you know, rumors are always that rumors. So until that comes to fruition, which I, I mean, what do you think? Uh, Tan- I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever is going to come here and play one year inside a one year forty million dollar go to the AFC Championship and lose? <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, I'd stick, I'd stick with Teddy Hill, man. And most of those things, I, I pretty much agree with all those things he said. I don't know about if he was the best standing in the barrel. He did throw some balls and got hit a lot. And man, I I, I would have chuck and duck a couple of those throws, but he stood in there. I'm sure other quarterbacks are doing the same, especially the elite ones. Uh, but that's a huge support. You know, it could be support of doom. The end. Who knows? The question that remains is. Last two years, they've won the South and couldn't advance in the playoffs. And and the question was, and I told you I'd had it written in my notes, what's the counterpunch? If the run game's not going, what's the counterpunch? And the crazy thing is against uh, against the Bengals, they ran for 100 and what, 130, 140 yards. 140, yeah. So, so the, the run game worked. They just couldn't turn. They turned the ball over. You know, the question's going to be, remain, can smash mouth football go all the way? Can smash mouth football Win a Super Bowl. That that's a question that's going to remain. But um, John Robinson, and, and I know we're up against it. But he had said uh, the one thing that Mike and I talked about, that Amy and I talked about, is the culture and fabric of our football team and the organization. It's not broken. I think it's firmly entrenched by who we want to be, the style of football we want to play. So that tells you they're going to keep doing exactly what they're doing. So for anybody who wondered, they're going to do exactly the same stuff. Now, I wondered this, and this is something we can get into tomorrow. Last year, the defense struggled, and they kept the coaches, and they got different players on defense. Well, they added an analyst. In- Jim Schwartz, who, right. by the way, is in the running for Colts, D.C. We haven't even had time to get to that because other stuff just keeps blowing up all around us. 
could we see some movement with not Tannehill because certain doesn't you know sounds like they're fully behind him? Could they make changes to the offensive line and the tight ends and get a fast receiver? Could we see them say, look, it's not Downing, it was the personnel and a bunch of changes on offense similar to what we saw on defense last year. Yeah, well, that's why I brought up that they, they would hire a specialist, a passing game coordinator or something. A Schwartz uh, it, for offense. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said uh, last week. Uh, yeah. Continue to say that. I don't know if they'll do that. Uh, and actually, they're going to have to make some changes on the offensive line based off of people's contract and what they're making or contracts are up. So there's going to be changes there. We can get- if, if the Bengals can do it with their line, I think we can do it with some uh, pretty solid players that you know, will be okay. We're going to be okay. Well, we can get into some more of this tomorrow. There's more stuff that he talked about. It's good to talk about it. But, again, lots of stuff's happening. It's a busy day today. 3HL, that keeps you updated on all of it on the way home. In the meantime, in between time, Mickey, be safe outside. Stay dry. Stay dry. And as always, from Blaine and Mickey, peace. peace.